Obedience, 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 obedience is a cornerstone of our faith in God. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, it assures about what we do not see. Being obedient requires faith in God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. Obedience. Obedience. Obey God. Hey y'all, it's Ashley. And Shantavia. And this is Obedience Podcast. We would like to welcome you guys to episode 16, I believe. We're getting 16. (laughs) Um, But this is going to be a new four-part series that we're going to debut to you guys through the month of August, and we're very excited about it. Um, If you didn't know, the month of August is my birthday month, so I decided for us to talk about a topic that has really been on my mind going into the journey of turning 27, and so our series for this month is Waiting. But before we get into this exciting new series, we would like to start our first episode off with prayer. So Ashley, you want to pray for us? All right. So, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being with us right now. Uh, Thank you for another day that you have given us, allowing us to realize that, Lord God, that there is purpose on today. Lord, we pray for our audience right now. We pray that you open up their minds, open up their hearts to receive a word from you, Lord God. And also, Lord God, we pray that you Help our hearts and our minds and our tongues to be able to edify your word, to inspire those people in their waiting season. I pray, Lord God, that the words of your book illuminate within our hearts and our minds to be able to encourage your people as it should. In the mighty and magnificent name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You better come on with that prayer. Mm, Come on now. (laughs) her as a weapon you better use it (laughs) all right so when I first brought up this topic I immediately thought of the story of Ruth and Boaz you know because that's the all famous story that people always tell whenever we're going through our wedding season right but then I did a little bit more research and I thought about it usually when we're waiting because of something happen that's making us wait so something didn't work out the way that we thought it would work out or we have this idea and so we have to wait through it because most of the time that's why we're not waiting patiently it's because we have something that we want or we lost something that we thought that we were going to have right so i looked up the five stages of grief and if you guys didn't know the five stages of grief are are denial anger bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So I thought that throughout this series, we could hit on each one of those topics and correlate them to our waiting season to help us wait more patiently. So we decided to bring on our special guest. If you guys haven't seen our Quarantine and Chill with Ivan A, please check that out. We'll put that card up there. But we kind of got on this topic during our quarantine and chill. So we thought it would be perfect to have her on this episode to, you know, help us and counsel us through this waiting period. So everyone, please give a round of applause for Miss Avenue Andrews. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you for having me. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and kick things off now. First stage of grief that we're going to talk about is the depression stage, which I'm pretty sure all of us have gone through. And we're not talking about, you know, the medical depression where you do have to sometimes get on medication. We're just talking about the regular depression that everybody goes through. Um, So I'm going to start it off by reading Ruth chapter one, verses one through five. And I am going to read out of the NIV version. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Imelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Milan and Kilion. They were Ephraimites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Imelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. 
After they lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So I wanted to start out there because immediately in Ruth, we see, we see Naomi lose her two sons and her husband immediately in the first five verses of the chapter. So um, I wanted to ask you guys, how do you manage or cope with a breakup or losing a loved one or losing something that you depended on and had so many dreams and hopes regarding? How do you guys cope with it? Well, honestly, it's, if I'm being completely honest, I stay busy not to deal with the emotions because I don't want to who wants to do that just a little backstory I recently just got into counseling because I did experience a change of relationship status um and I had an epiphany um because like I never did deal with the depth of losing a loved one but I would just kind of cover it up and just put it under under the rug and it's not I'm not advising anyone to do that because it's not healthy because it does fester into other things. Y'all know. Y'all know it fester into other things. Um, but however, it, it in those moments, we have to realize that um, our Heavenly Father truly cares for us. And in those moments, I, can't, I couldn't stay holding those mo- emotions in, but to really give it to our Heavenly Father. Um, the scripture says in First Peter 5 and 7 to cast our cares upon upon him because he cares for us. Um, and I'll read it in NLT. It reads, cast all anxiety on him because he cares for you. And in that I can cast any depression on him as well. Um, any worry that you're going through, you can cast those things on him. Of course, it may come up again, but you can continue daily when those things come up, look, and just be completely honest and look, Father, I'm your daughter, and you know how my heart feels, and I think being completely honest with yourself and honest with the Father to invite him in to help you in those moments um, when you do feel low in emotions. Yeah. That's good. Um, for me, um, quite honestly, I know that my response is l- almost in completely in line with all the stages of grief. Like, a, <laughs> I stay in denial and anger for a good while. And um, it's interesting that, like, we're recording this right now because I'm actually in active grief right now. Um, I actually had. Um, like a young younger sister type friend pass away recently and I was in denial for a long time like I didn't tell anybody I'm just going about my life yep I'm at work um I'm helping everybody with their problems and so um and then it would hit and then I'd mention it and people would be like so you just weren't gonna say anything <laughs> you won't go say anything so um I'm still working on that, but I know um, that, like, my first response is to stay busy, help others, um, and secretly and inwardly be angry. And so what I have learned and I'm constantly learning and putting into practice even right now is that I have to open myself up to God. My thing is closing myself off um, from relationship with God and even even though he knows I have to um acknowledge it and be like God you know this is really how I'm feeling um you know and accept his help and also accept the help of others in my faith-based community um you know we weren't meant to be alone and God placed these people there um to help us through hard times I was going to ask you, too, um, when you said that you kind of act like it's not going on and you're angry about it. I was going to ask you, so who are you angry at? 
saying you block yourself off from God? Are you saying that you're angry at him or you're angry at the situation? It's a little it's a little bit of both. Um that you know, there's something that like I say I have to actively do with because I I'm definitely angry at the situation and I know that um things happen um you know according you know according to God's purpose and will and so I am a low key perfectionist and it's difficult um for me to come to grips sometimes with things not going how I would like them to mm-hmm. it's just so hard to when you so desperately want something to happen you know you can't fathom what God's plan is and resting and having faith in what his plan is and having peace in that um that's a very um grown-up faith moment well i'm kind of like you guys too i kind of push it back pretend that it's not happening um, into this episode come on heat it up honey. <laughs> 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 um I know like a lot of people who know me personally, they definitely can um, hip hip hooray to this part right here. Um, but to touch on the cope with the breakup part of that question, um, my last breakup, I kind of did just bury what actually happened. That's how I deal with it. I know it's not healthy, but um, like you guys said, talking to someone, giving it to God, Cause one day I just had to be completely honest with him and I just journaled and was like, Hey, this is everything that I think is going on with me. I'm going to give this all to you, you know, and that helped me feel better too. So, yeah. yeah. I can say that journaling is my therapy and like, sometimes I don't feel like talking to it, talking about it to people. Um, but journaling and talking to God and look, this is how I feel now. I need you to come on in. But yeah, I can say journaling along with therapy. Um, both of those are very therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you guys are struggling with that, I would encourage y'all to get, it don't even have to be a real journal. Get you some paper. Get you a yeah. sheet of paper or something. What I would do, I, I would go on my notes app on my phone and type there too. Try, I'd be going back. I'd be like, what, what was I talking about? <laughs> I'll be having notes on top of your Twitter. <laughs> also, like that can um, you can look back on those notes and be like, "Thank you, Lord." And you, it's like a reminder of like what you've gone through and what He's brought you through. So it's kind of like a resume for God, you know. So a growth process as well. Going back and read it, I haven't been able to go back and read that one, but I wrote it down. Um, handled it. And I just, I hadn't talked to anybody since, you know, not even my therapist, just because I don't feel like I'm at that point where I can say it out loud. You know, I'm still praying, working through it, you know, with me and God. But, you know, if I am going through a breakup or something that really hurt me, I I do tend to bury it. Yeah. Me too. Cause like for me, I'm being hot too. The hotness that came over on me. But for me, it was, it took for me, like, a, a family sit down because, of course, you don't notice a change in me. And I, it was to the point where I would just door dash because I ain't had nothing to do and I didn't want to, like, think about it. Mm-hmm. And it, it came, came to me, and I came to the fact of, like, I was walking around being a zombie, not handling the emotions. And... To the point where, you know, my family had to sit down with me, you know, what's going on? You know, you can talk to us. It's a safe place. So if you do have those safe places, I do encourage you guys to go to those safe places. Call up a friend, you know, give them the, not give them the journal book. You know, (laughs) journal. (laughs) (laughs) But talk to them about um, what's going on, you know, like. We said in some past episodes, God wants us to have a relationship. And that also means having friends that we can confide in. It's 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 like a trick of the enemy to make you feel or to seem like you don't have anybody around you. But you got friends. I, I got friends and family that I can come to. 
that right. they give an open invitation to come to you at any moment um, if you need it. And I did. I had to remind myself about that because my family, my friends, are a safe place. And if y'all are going through that, oh, this is so real right now because. If y'all are going through that, realize the people that are around you are a safe place. That God has put those people in your life for a reason. And it's not for you to suffer alone. It's not for you to go through those emotions alone. It's a safe place. You can go to God. You can go to your family and your friends. And you can come to Obedience Podcast. <laughs> Just email yeah. us at obediencepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be in prayer with you over those things. So. Always. We get the notification immediately. As soon as we yeah. email. So. Feel free to reach out at any time. And it brings up the scripture that I have been meditating on. Um, I'm getting into my next video, but it's a, it's a video that will be coming out. It's Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And it reads, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is inviting us to come to him. To, and he says all of us who are weary and heavy burden, and he will give us rest. So it says he will give us rest, not might give us rest, but he will give us rest. So Jesus gives you an open invitation to come to him. If you're scared, read the scripture again. Let it, let it, let it resonate with you and receive that revelation. He says, come to me. And he said, oh, look, oh, so, yeah. So in those moments, we both shared that we can be in denial sometimes. And we want to move forward in the next scriptures. We're going to start with still in the first chapter. And I'm going to start at verse 8. <clears throat> and I'm reading from the NLT. But on the way, Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye and they all broke down and woke. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' home, for I am too old to marry again. And even if, if it were possible and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not. My daughters, things are far more bitter for me than you because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. So in these verses, we see that Naomi was in denial. She was just like, what else can I give to you? Um, she had a very selfless attitude. And she encouraged her daughter-in-laws to, you know, stay in Moab because ain't nothing I can do for it. I ain't got no more sons. So in those times, it was almost the worst thing to do. Um, it was nothing worse than being a widow because they were often, you know, taken advantage of or ignored. Naomi did not want them to suffer and be poor as well, just like she would be. So she pretty much suggested not to, you know, to stay in Moab and not to go back with her in home. So I think it's important to point out in these passages of scriptures um, that in your waiting season, doubt does set in. So it kind of poses a question for you guys. Have you ever been in a situation where, where you guys have been in a complete denial of a situation? Um. I definitely have. Take it back to the beginning of the year. You guys know we had our little boot up series. And in that series, I talked about how I was going to have my season of singleness. And I talked about why I needed to be alone. Y'all remember that? 
um, it was actually harder than I thought. You know, it was real easy to say, <laughs> but to actually do was another story. Um, and so honestly, during that first part of 2020, I was like in legit denial that I was supposed to be by myself completely. And then I had to just be like, look, you're always going to be pressed on you have to be by yourself. So just do it. Because if not, you're going to always have this thought in your mind. And I guess it's not a thought. I guess it's Holy Spirit talking to you saying, hey, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? You know? <laughs> so um, that was definitely a moment for me of being in denial. And I was like literally in church one Sunday and I just heard it just like banging at the back of my head. And I was like, okay, I hear you. Stop screaming at me. <laughs> and so um, that day I just was like, cut everybody off, blocked people, and just was by myself. Okay. Um, well, for me, the, I mean, there's, there's just two situations that stick out, and one is with my parents' dad. And the other one does have to do with the relationship. I had a relationship where, uh, like, we were together for a total of eight years, and I'm like, this is, we're going to get married. <laughs> This is my husband. Um, but it was an off and on. And so at the time, I didn't realize that, you know, the fact that this person was constantly leaving and coming back was telling me where their heart was. It was just like, oh, but they came back. I didn't realize the toxicity of the situation. Like when they came back, like for the last time, it was actually after my mom died. And they had actually left a relationship where they were engaged to somebody else. So I was just like, of course, this is it. If you just broke off a whole engagement. And then they proceeded to leave me again and then get married to the person they left me for. So <laughs> uh, when I say I was in complete denial, because for that whole time, it was just like, they're always going to come back. And I'm the person that they're meant to be for. Um, and, you know, and, they're meant for me because they keep coming back. I ended up breaking down and like having this like screaming, crying session in the bathroom, like yelling at God, like what, why <laughs> is this happening? Um, and what I distinctly remember was, you know, you didn't listen to me, you know, and he started calling back to mind these times where I had gotten nudging from the Holy Spirit that I was just kind of like, I'm just brush that off. I didn't hear that. You know, in the end of it, what actually got me to like to stop like mid stop was like, you made an idol. And I was like, <laughs> it's like a Holy Spirit whooping. <laughs> yes. I was kind of like, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that um, you know what I don't even know why I'm crying I'm be <laughs> let me wipe these tears I'll be, I'll be real quiet right now <laughs> so um, yes that was that was my very uh, honest revelation of the time that I was in complete denial for you know about eight years when I heard the question I thought of my past experience, experience with going back to school. So I had this whole sought out plan, you know, I was going back to school, I was going to move away and all this good stuff. Um, and I was just like, you know, I never heard this from God. And I, I think, yeah, I shared this on the Matthew 6 and 33 study with me time. So you can go back and watch that for more in depth. There's a link right there. Mm -hmm, click that thing. Um, but <laughs> for me, it was just like, you know what? You really didn't hear this from God. You didn't, you know, you, you're, you're making your own path. And then to make it so bad, I put faith on top of it, which is really, don't do that. I'll just say it. Don't do that. That's, uh, that's kind of, it's foolish. I was foolish. I will admit I was feeling foolish in that moment to, you know, make my own plan and not seek the kingdom of God, not to seek God and what he wanted me to do. I kind of 
fought back and forth in the back of my mind. I was just like, you know, I don't think this is for me, but I, I don't think that I wanted to know the truth. I just thought that my way was better, which is foolish. But I encourage you guys not to do that either. So never think that your way is better. Always seek the truth of what God's will and purpose is for you guys' life. So it brings us to the, our next part. It's about like kind of bargaining with God. <laughs> We're still in the first chapter, verses 15 through 18. And again, they wept together and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tight to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and their answer their gods. You should do the same. Look at that dialogue coming in. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will, I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So she was determined to stay with her. And then Naomi was still kind of doubtful in that, in that passage of scripture. Like, you know, won't you do the same? Go with your sister-in-law, whatever. Um... But in verse 18, we see that Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her. And, you know, Naomi was just like, you know, okay, I can't force you to do whatever. But it kind of brings up the question of, was there ever a time that y'all bargained with God? Before you guys answer, uh, we did have some comments on our Facebook page. If you guys aren't following us, please do give us a like on Facebook, our YouTube page. You can find us at Obedience Podcast and all other social platforms. So Yolanda Willer says, absolutely. Every time I did something I wasn't supposed to, I knew there were consequences, but was scared of facing them. Lakeisha Collins says, Ucha. I felt that. How many times, especially when I say I was saved, but willing for living in sin, like, Lord, if you, if you get me out of ABC, I will do X, Y, Z. Just lying. <laughs> the fact that he was still merciful. Ooh, I felt that whoop in your spirit. So Brittany Williams says, one of, one of many was when I knew my mother was about to die. I tried bargaining with God, but I knew she was tired and ready to go. I tried so hard, but his plans are far greater than ours. So I'd like to thank you guys for sharing your answers and giving us your feedback. So what do you guys think? I'm sorry. I just got emotional for a moment because that last comment on um, from a Facebook post was actually what I was going to share in that. Um, with both my parents, I actually watched them die. And when my dad died, since he was the second parent to die, I really, really could not handle um, that. And it was within six months of my mom dying. And I was in the, um, the hospital room, like praying over his body, bargaining with God, like, please, 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 please do not let him die. I will, I will do whatever, you know, do not. Um, I definitely did, um, you know, have to realize that, you know, God, God's will and plan is perfect and that, um, you know, that you have to have, uh, the faith to lean and stand on, um, God's will and plan being perfect and his word being perfect, um, and resting in that and having peace in that. Um, so that is definitely, um, a time that I have bargained, um, the most serious of times, the most serious of times that I've bargained. Of course, I've bargained over silliness as well. Um, I'm not <laughs> exempt from 
um, trying to bargain with God over some foolishness that I got myself into. <laughs> I don't know if that's just a a part, uh, just a natural part of um, being imperfect humans, but most people that I know have bargained at some point and you kind of have to realize like um at, number one actions have consequences <laughs> and number two um you know again god's will is perfect well i i definitely have um bargained i am definitely guilty of that um like you said i've been a over just foolishness um too <laughs> you know like um i think one that everybody has said before is like um if you stop this hangover i'll never get drunk again <laughs> Ooh, the ultimate lie <laughs> go right back next week or the next day child Ooh, okay i'm telling myself bye <laughs> not the next day when i thought about my answer to this question i thought about the reason why we even bargain with god um and it made me think Ashley actually introduced me to this podcast, the podcast Therapy as a Christian. We've talked about this podcast on the show before. We highly recommend you guys to go and view it. We'll put it on the screen right now and provide a link. Um, her podcast is really good. Um, the title of the episode was Relationship versus Relationship, and it's number 62. Um, and this this podcast podcast just summed up everything how I felt as far as why we start to bargain with God or why we feel this way when certain situations happen. And it pretty much deals with our attitude towards God, um, how we our perspective of God and what we think of him. Um, and one thing that she said in the podcast is she said that we have un, an unhealthy perspective of God. And so when we sin or when we're trying to bargain, we're trying to create this resolve in order to get back right. And so with us creating this resolve to try to get back right, we aren't really changing for the right reasons. It's not in our heart. It's because kind of like Avene said, every sin or every action creates a reaction. And, you know, every sin has a consequence. The consequence, like you said, may be very merciful or it may not be. Um, cause every sin has a consequence. So we're trying to get back in good graces. So our consequence isn't so bad, but that's not really how it works. But I think that goes back to religion and, um, not relationship with God. Um, I, I see y'all shaking y'all head. Y'all agree with me. Um, <laughs> but I know I, I'm guilty of bargaining with God. Like if I felt like, okay, I committed this sin. I feel like I'm in bad standing with God. So I'll be like, okay, God, I'm not going to do this anymore. I promise you I'm not going to do it. And then like Ashley said, two months later, you're like, eh, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. And you do it, you know, cause, and it's something that they bought up to. It's because you, you're just condemned about it. You're mm -hmm. not convicted about it. And I thought that was such a good way to describe it. Like the difference between conviction and condemnation Yes, because I have been convicted about something and I have completely changed my life around and it's not something that I'm like in this cycle about, but I've been condemned about certain things. That's like constantly my issue that I'm always working on because I can't get rid of it because I don't feel like I've been convicted about it. And with me, conviction is I'm reading the Bible. I'm listening to a sermon and I literally feel like Holy Spirit is talking to me. And mm -hmm. he's revealing everything. He's revealing all the way back to when it first started happening. Like, this is why you do it. And this is how you're going to correct it. This is who you're going to talk to. You know, I feel like everything is just laid out for me. Um, when I get convicted, some people may be a little bit different than me. But um, when I'm convicted about things, I literally run away from that action. I was convicted about um, being quick to anger. And now before I get so angry, I always take my little 10 seconds. Or, you know, get away from the situation. But before, I had no issue, you know? And if I did, you know, go back a little bit, I would feel horrible, you know? 
But if I was condemned about being angry, I probably wouldn't take my 10 seconds. I probably would be like, I'll just pray and apologize and do it later. I'm going to say what I want to say, you know? But that conviction, <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> that conviction really helped that attitude with me. Um, and so that's why, that's how I, I, I looked at it when I read this question as far as bargaining. Like, why do we bargain? And I feel like <laughs> because of religion. It's that religion part of us and not that relationship with God. Because if you have like mm-hmm. that true relationship with God, condemnation is not something that's, that's going to happen. Jesus or God, they don't really condemn you. They're going to, you know, nicely sit you down, convict you with all the love in the world. And like I said, you're going to have so much knowledge and be so strong. But I'm going ahead and wrap up my little thing. Go tune into that podcast. It's so good. I listened to it like three times and y'all need to get that into y'all lives. Yes. It is so many good nuggets from that thing. Mm-hmm. And I, when I listened to the question and to the podcast, um, and I had the concept of, Ooh, if I do this, if I'm righteous, if I'm righteous in God, let me go and be righteous and go to church. Let me go and be righteous and pray. You know, let me do these things to prove to God that I am righteous. But, we are in right standing with Christ. We are already made righteous through Christ Jesus. If you're trying to get yourself righteous, what what was Christ Jesus for? What did he die on the cross for? He, we are made righteous through Christ, through Christ, and it says that in Romans. Even in those times that I would try to bargain with God, you heard me, I said try. <laughs> try to bargain with God. It made I'm thinking back on the times like I would kind of treat him as like a genie in the Bible, in a bottle. Like if I rub him the right way, if I try to say these things and do these things, maybe he'll give it to me, you know, just like uh, Lakeisha said, if I do these things, if I do A, B, and C, maybe he'll give me X, Y, and Z. And that was kind of like an immaturity in that relationship that I thought that what the relationship is what I thought it was. Ashley, can I throw something in to that? I, I want to add? Um, with that um, condemnation and um, conviction that I talked about earlier and bargaining, like if you bargain with God, say, okay, God, I promise you, um, I am not going to lie anymore. If you just get me past this lie I did at work, please don't let me lose my job. And say you keep your job and then you lie again. It creates this um, this this attitude to where you can become scared of God, and you don't want to approach God because you're feel fearful of Him now because you have this. You, it makes me think of like you know how you have these parents where you kind of like scared of them because they may yell at you or they may beat you. Mm-hmm. It kind of creates this relationship where you're scared of God. Yeah, you don't think you don't think like He's this loving parent. You're scared yeah. of him. And so if you make a mistake, you're going to be like, instead of, <laughs> yeah, instead of, oh, God, I'm so sorry, you know, I come to you yeah. fully apologetic, you're going to be scared. And I know when I tended to do that, I would always try to go to God and try to create this perfection. This like, I'm, I'm perfect. Um, I know I did all of this, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, you know the perfect side of me, right? So that's all we're going to talk about in this prayer. You know, yeah. but that doesn't help. Like, it just, you shouldn't be fearful of God. It's pretty mm-hmm. much what I wanted to add. And if you try to go down that path, like you said, you can become fearful of God. Right. And he is our father. He wants nothing more but to have a relationship with us. Okay. And it also made me think about why are you bargaining with God? He, he, you have nothing that he wants. Everything that he got is, is already his. He is the source of all things. So what you bargaining for? What can you give him? <laughs> what can you give him? He, he's the source of all things. I mean, come on. He does. He, he already has everything. Oh, that is such a good point. What can you give him? He up there like, well, I got that. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Like that little girl meme, she'd be like, <laughs> like I said, 
please go and check that podcast out. That episode is so good. If you don't listen to the rest of the podcast, just go listen to that one episode. Yeah. It's only 45 minutes long. Y'all can take 45 minutes out your life and listen to it. So now we're going to go ahead and move until into the next stage of grief in this one that we all have gone through and it's anger. Um, some people experience this first. Like this isn't the last thing. This is the first initial thing. I'm going to be angry about this. Um, but we're going to read Ruth chapter one, verses 19 through 20 first. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. Child, if that ain't angry, I don't know what it is. Child, don't call me angry. Yeah, she didn't change her whole name because she, she says she's bitter. And, you know, a lot of us go towards that bitter way when we get angry. Some, especially in relationships, for you people out there that's been divorced, y'all can get kind of bitter in those divorce cases. Y'all know how y'all be. But um, through this, I wanted to ask, because I know I've been through this personally, because of the relationship that I was in during college, when that relationship didn't work out, I really was lost. You know, like, this is what I thought was going to work. This is what I thought was going to happen. Kind of like Avene, like you have been with that person for eight years. Like this is, I don't have my plan be like, what am I supposed to do? You know? So I wanted to ask you guys, how do you let go of what was once dreamed of? That's always the hardest part of the grief process for me, letting go of the dreams, thoughts, and ideas that I accumulated in my mind. Is that the right word? You know I make a word shop. Is that the right word? Uh, it went for me. Okay. Oh, God. That is hard for me. Um, it's a lesson that has been learned, um, definitely, but it was a painful, hard thing. And my main dream was, um, you know, I'm now, I'm 34. Um, by now, I was supposed to be Dr. Ivana Andrews, D.O., Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine, married with about three kids, uh, 827-point credit score with my two-story, you know, custom-built home with acreage. You know, I was supposed to have all of these things, <laughs> and things just did not go how I wanted them to in college. Um, I was hit with extreme anxiety and anxiety attacks. Um, I had to keep taking breaks from college because of that. And then my parents died. So I had readjusted. I was like, okay, I got a new timeline. This is still going to happen. You know, I had, I can salvage this. And then when my parents died, the dream went completely out the window. And, um, because not on, you know, not only did I have to come out of school, along with my parents died, that eight-year relationship went out the window. So there was the married and three kids. And then, <laughs> you know, and then me being out of school and everything just broke and collapsed under. And um, I had to learn that from that, like I said before about the relationship that I had made an idol, that my plans that I had made and all the timeline were not the plans of God, that were not the plans that he had for me. And so it was for me, what ended up happening for me, it was years of rebuilding. And when I, it became a, I had to shift my, I was forced to because I was very stubborn. But <laughs> I was forced to focus on God because everything that I had made an idol of broke into pieces and was no longer there for me to, until it was revealed to me, you know, to worship and be an idol. So it was, okay, God, it's me and you. I'm spending time with you and I'm going to get, you know, we're 
I'm going to work through this with you. And then also realizing that the dream that I had, even though it sounded good as far as helping others and edifying others, you know, being a doctor, it was a selfish dream because really and truly I wanted status and money and wanted people looking at me like, oh, look at what Ivan A became and look at what she got instead of what can I do in my life to help others and build others up um, truthfully and help them be better um, and serve others. And I realized in the rebuilding that my actual purpose um, and the gifts that I have is all about edifying and building others up. That was some good, good nuggets. I was over here taking some notes from it. And I, <laughs> and I think it's so important to, even in those moments where your guys, your dream, speak for me, my dream of what my, my, I thought my path was, um, is really going back to God, who is the source of all things we said before. And he knows the will for your life and it is perfect and it is pleasing and it is to serve people like you said. And I think it's important for people to realize if you're in that turning point, look around you and ask the question to God. You can ask, you know, it's a personal relationship. So ask God what you need to ask him. But I think not to focus on what you lost, but to focus on what God has for you to gain in life and to have a purpose for your life. And I think it's so important to get back in the building, build your foundation. If you don't have, if you know, your foundation is a stagnant kind of thing, get back to Christ and see, um, what is it? <laughs> what is it for me to have? And I think even in those times, it's important to still have hope because when you've lost hope, you don't have no, it's not an aim for you. Um, you, you don't have nothing to still hold on to and you're not hoping yourself or nor, nor in your abilities, but hope in God. Um, and also to accept his purpose for your life. I think that is so important. I had the same experience where I had to let go of myself. And that was the hardest part. Let go of my selfish goals and my selfish dreams because it was only edifying myself. But no, I mean, you have to go back to God and be like, okay, obviously I know that my purpose on this earth is to serve people. What does that look like for me? for my personal walk with Christ. And and I always go back to my favorite scripture. Y'all should know it by now, Ephesians 3 and 20 through 21. He says that he will do exceedingly on top of that abundantly, on top of that above what you can even ask or even think. So scratch out your plan, scratch out your purpose for your life and ask God, okay, what do you have for me to do? Because obviously, mine ain't working. So that's like I, that's what I got. Well, like Ashley said, God knows the entire story. He knows what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. And he knows how he wants to use you. And I, as I mentioned before in the quarantine episode, like I want kids. I want a family. Um, and you know, he might not be giving that to me right now because he kind of know I may make an idol of that family. Um, if I have it right now, um, or another thing that I'm trying to, I'm trying to make myself okay with, like, maybe he doesn't want me to have children at all. Um, if y'all don't know, I do have PTOS. And so with that, it is difficult to have children. So I'm like, what if that's his plan? He doesn't want me to procreate in this world um what if that's not my purpose if that's not my purpose what what am I gonna do then and then that's when I really had to focus on okay what is your purpose what will make you happy if you never have that life that you dreamed of um and that's when you get into purpose like you guys said um the purpose God has placed you in this world for and I have been praying for purpose for a long time Back in 2017, I was praying for my purpose. And it's 2019 is when 
my purpose was revealed to me. So sometimes it takes years. Sometimes you won't get it as soon as you ask for it. But, you know, once I realized my purpose and I really laid my all into my purpose, you just get like this mm, unimaginable joy from it because you literally know what you were placed on this earth for, you know? And hey, that's all I want to do right now is just focus on that, you know? So I think like Ashley said in Ivanay, if you don't know your purpose, let's focus on that. Let's let that be the only thing we focus on. I'm getting into episode two, but so I'm gonna stop. Do we want to add anything else? That is so good. And when you get to that place, it's just like a peace, his peace that surpasses all understanding regard your heart and mind. It's just, I can't explain it. It's just a peace from God. And on that note, y'all stay tuned to part two. But let me just recap what we learned in this episode. But in part one, we talked about grief. We didn't talk about all the five stages. Part two is going to be about the fifth stage. But we covered four stages of grief. So we talked about depression, denial, bargaining, and anger. And so be sure to tune in to our episode next week where we're going to talk about acceptance. And that's when everything just turns around for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. We want to always give thanks to God for providing us a word. And we hope that we touch someone out there and we touch the person that you wanted us to touch. You know, you gave us the words to say. I shouldn't have. do the past to V. Um, eyes to hear. I mean, shoot, you know, I was, you know, what I'm trying to say I, ears I, to I, hear, eyes to see. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we want to thank you guys for tuning in and come back here same time next Friday when we're gonna talk about acceptance. But until then, as always, be obedient. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>